Hi everyone, welcome back to Idol Talk, where we explore South Korean pop culture one obsession at a time. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Idol Talk Pod. Subscribe and follow on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, which we are now on. And don't forget Yay! to also send us <laughs> don't forget to send us any feedback that you have, any topics that you want us to cover. Um, at our email, idletalkpod at gmail.com. In any case, let's see who we have on for today. Of course, my name is Nathan. We also have Chris on. Hello! We have Ashley. Hi, everyone! And lastly, we are not able to have Casey on for today. We miss her a lot, but we have a special guest today, and his name is Gabe. Gabe, did you want to say hi to our viewers and introduce yourself a bit? Hello, Anyang. Uh, my name is Gabe. <laughs> I have made multiple cameos now. I'm finally on the podcast. It's great. Um, I started listening to K-pop in 2018. Uh, Dreamcatcher was my very first group that I started standing. Um, and wow. I think I converted KC into a Dreamcatcher stand. So I'm very proud of that. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, and so I'm excited to be here. <laughs> All right, that's super awesome. So I guess we'll start with you, Gabe. Um, did you have a recommendation for our viewers or listeners? Yes. Yeah, so I think especially pertinent right now um, is Find You by Monsta X. I chose this song because well one there's a lot of the controversy happening right now with them losing one of their members Wonho um, and Find You I think is a really good song just because it kind of departs from their style um, in the past few comebacks it's more of a slow mm -hmm. song and they're talking about like what it would feel like to lose one of their members in the song um, and it's also kind of connected to their whole storyline with Drama Rama, if you've seen that music video. So I encourage you all to check that out because it's kind of cool how it links together. Um, but yeah, I really like it. It's a little bit different, but I think it's good for them. Wait, can you expand on how the song is about losing one of their members? Because that is just like spot on what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, well, so when they released the song, they didn't know that they were going to lose one of their members, obviously. Um, but now... <laughs> It's kind of become wow. kind of like this, I don't know, it's become like this, kind of a really... This anthem for them. Yeah, this it's become like really moving on. for them. Yeah. Um, but basically in the video, like Hyungwon, one of the members, he gets in a car accident and then he loses both of his parents in the car accident, but he survives. And then basically they have this time traveling watch that makes an appearance and he uses that to like time travel... And he ends up disappearing by the end of the video. It's all very confusing. Oh! But, yeah. oh. And so the time travel is what's related. 
to Dramarama. That didn't make sense to me at all because in the music video, it was like a really nice drama feeling like he loses his parents and then his his other members go to his house and like comfort him and then he goes into his dad's room and like sees a watch that's broken and then he just like starts falling in water and all of a sudden it just gets really artsy and then they switch over to the timeline where the guy is like standing outside on the street, one of the other members, and I was like... Where did the other dude just go? Like, he this was his story, and now he just like disappeared. But it makes sense now that you say he, the it's a continuation of drama rama. Yeah, I really, I, I mean, really it's... like the song because it, like you were saying, like it was a departure from like their normal sound. So, like, I didn't really know that Monstex can do like slower songs, let alone like even songs that would be more quote unquote ballady. So I'm like I'm pretty impressed. I think that I think they they did well this time around. Yeah, Especially because Monster X is more like related to the more aggro stuff too, so it's a yes. nice change of direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. I also recommend watching their live stages on like M Countdown or Music Bank or something because it's like really powerful when. They have the other members covering Wanho's parts. Yeah. So. So oh, that's really sad. They don't play yeah. his background vocal. No, they like have the other members like sing his parts for him. And they have to change I the choreography and everything. That. I don't like that wow. at all. What was his role in the group? Was he like rapper or singer? I think he was like lead vocal or something. Because he gets, I think he sings like the first part of the chorus in Find You. So he's not like wow. a not, so he's like important too. Wow. Wow. Bro bro is going to jail. In any case, we will well, we will support their latest comeback and watch those live stages. Yes. Um and we'll <laughs> we'll probably have some more comments about that as the podcast goes along, either to today or the next time around. Um in any case, my recommendation this time around is a song called Spark by Taeyeon. I chose the song because, well, she's one of my favorite artists. She is the lead singer and uh, lead vocalist and main vocalist and leader of Girls' Generation, who at this point, I mean, they're not releasing like any new new music, but they're technically still like quote unquote active. And they, well, they celebrated their 10th anniversary like in 2017. So Tayan's like a 12 year veteran now. And uh in any case this song um i don't know if y'all listened to it uh it was just like a very like i don't think she was going for like the girl power vibe but it was a very like empowering kind of song 
So yes. um, she says, uh, in, in some of the English, uh, English translated lyrics, she says, Yesterday you were only dreaming like a small bird, but now it's the right time. It's your time. Breathe life into it and awaken the spark, which is the title of the song. I don't know. I just thought it was such a great song. Um, it actually reminded me a little bit of Adele's Rolling in the Deep in terms of some of the instrumentals and her voice. But in any case, um, I would highly recommend the song. Have you, have any of you all listened to it at all? Yes. So I watched the music video and you know what it reminded me of, especially in that um, part of the video where she's in the black suit. It reminded hmm. me of Shania Twain's music video. And that, <laughs> that song itself is very like girl power, you know, yes. so it goes into what you were saying. And then like, I, I just got a very strong girl power presence through the music yeah. video and she mm-hmm. looked gorgeous. I- she yeah she was gorgeous and she also says like in the english she also says like don't turn it off like rise up and it's like damn i want to rise up i want to do something now (laughs) 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 in any case um yeah she's super awesome i would also recommend listening to this entire album like it's not a mini album it's actually like a full-length album with like 10 tracks some of my other favorite tracks on this uh, album include this song called Gravity, which is the last track of the album. And then she also has a song called Wine. The titles are a little bit weird, but I think in any case, they're they're great songs and I would highly recommend them. Um, Question. Yes. How, how old was she when she debuted? If she's been a 12-year veteran, she must have yeah. been young, right? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, 17? Uh, I think she probably debuted like Taman age. So she was born in um, oh. 1989. So, um, and Girls She's Generation just as debuted. She's old as Irene. <laughs> she, <laughs> yes, yeah. she is just She's... as old as Irene. Oh my so God. So they debuted in 2007. Oh my God. So she oh was my gosh. what? Um, 17? She's 18? 30 now. Yeah, so she just turned So I guess turned minus 30. 12? Yeah, 18? she should have just yeah. turned 30. Oh, yeah, okay. which I think as of like these days, 18 is like, oh, you're like pretty seasoned already. But like back then, I yeah. think she was definitely classified as one of like the younger, younger idols that, you know, first started. Wow. Yeah, she's been through a lot. Also, she's very open about like her life as an idol how she doesn't fit the traditional mold of being like super extroverted she loves being at home um obviously like a couple of her friends you know have have a a good a lot of her good friends have passed away you know for mental health uh reasons and she also has you know talked very openly about the struggles that she felt um so yeah i i think she's super awesome Show her all of your support and listen to her new album. Which friend are case. you talking about that passed away? So, like, one of her best friends was, like, Shinies Jonghyun, and she was really close with Sully, oh. too. Oh, yeah, wow. So, That's really sad, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, she just, like, released her new album after the after Sully had passed. So, I mean, I'm she's dealing with a lot, too. So, send her all your support. Damn. She's super awesome. If you haven't listened to her before, give it a try. Um... 
Okay, Chris, do you have a recommendation for us? Yes. So, in celebration of my opa finally coming out of the military, well, not coming out, discharged from the military, (laughs) my recommendation this episode will be Untitled by G Dragon. Big Bang is coming back to save YG, you guys. Okay, yes. they're gonna come I'm here back. For it. They're I'm saving it. YG. Taeyong and Daesung. I don't know if you guys can hear me clapping my hands. I'm so passionate right now. Um, Taeyong and Daesung are getting discharged this Monday. I think um, Taeyong is first on November 11th, and then Daesung is on November 12th. I might have flipped it, but. They're coming back. And T.O.P. is already out and about. He's starting to post a little bit more normal selfies and pictures of himself. So I'm I have a theory that he's prepping. He's getting ready to come back into the spotlight instead of like the weird (laughs) the weird Instagram stories that he's been doing lately. As if he Um, really ever left the spotlight. I mean, these two years went by in a flash, basically. Even when he was right. in the military, he was still in the spotlight. Yeah. Yes. Controversy. His his little incident. But anyways, okay, so <laughs> G-Dragon. Back to G-Dragon. Okay, so um, this song is, I think it's a good introduction to G-Dragon because everyone knows him as like this super hardcore rapper. Well, not, I mean, hardcore, like his stage presence is there and he's always like, I like to describe him as like a total savage when he's performing. But this is more of the softer side that mm-hmm. really draws me into G-Dragon. Um, this song is more of a ballad, which is actually kind of surprising because you don't realize how good he can sing. Like his vocals yes. are beautiful. So, um, and actually this song, I remember seeing a YouTube video during one of my rabbit hole deep dives into Big Bang. And <laughs> I hole. believe it was <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah. I believe it was Sungri who was kind of like teasing him, but kind of not saying that like he had written a love letter to a girl, but never gave it to her. And it was recently released as as a song. And I think he did refer that this is the song that is the love letter to a girl. So to kind of give you guys some insight, like the chorus says, please just once, if I can just see you, I'm okay with losing everything I have. I'll meet, I'll meet you even if it's just in a dream and we can love again just as we are. Wow. And it's like, wow. Uh, wow. it's he's such a big softy and I love it. So, um, so yeah, this is I, a great song to like start out if you want to dive into G Dragon like I did and don't come back out. <laughs> yeah. You can put on your G Dragon <laughs> face masks now. Yeah, I know. In celebration. That Chris bought at KCON. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the music I'm, I'm video. I'm literally. Oh, go ahead. 
Sorry, I'm literally staring at a picture of him right now, a photo card that's like directly in front oh of my, my mic. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead, Ashley. I've watched the music video and um, the only thing that I could think about was how thin he was. Because he's wearing like yeah. a sheer shirt that's really big on him and his body is just like a silhouette because the light is coming in from the back and you can see mm-hmm. like the outline of his body inside of the sheer shirt. And I just thought like, wow, mm-hmm. I hope he gained weight between then and now because he just looks so thin. So that actually was a big old thing when he was in the military. I guess like some sometime during his service, he posted a a, a photo of in, on Instagram of himself. It was a selfie with a friend and like a lot of people were commenting on how more full his face looked and so everyone was like oh my gosh g-dragon's gaining weight like he must be healthy kind of like um they did that for key too when key recently posted a picture with boa 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 like they were also saying like key his face looks more full like i hope he's eating healthy so i have a feeling that he did gain some weight because i know in the documentary with him that was like a thing with the doctor like they show him going into the doctor and saying like you're this many pounds you need to try to gain like five more um five more kilograms i think is what it is over there so hopefully yes i hope he's healthy Yes, and we will continue to see whether or not he's going to save YG from he will issues, I guess <laughs> one would say. <laughs> My recommendation is the latest comeback from my little cutie baby Stray Kids, and the song is called Double Knot. <laughs> song was released on October 8th and it was produced by uh, Seracha, which is Han uh, Changbin and Bang Chan and Double Knot is the single off their new album which isn't released yet but the album is called Clay 3 Levanter Levanter and uh, that album is going to be released on December 6th so the music video, if you watch it, uh, it's filmed in L.A. And the dance moves are like them like nodding. There's a lot of nodding in the choreography because the knot represents like them double knotting their shoes because the lyrics in the song are like uh, them uh, excited for the future, uh, moving forward, doesn't matter where they're going, as long as they're going somewhere. Uh, there's so many possibilities. The future is mine, and I'm gonna do the future my way. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Uh, it's part of their like. This is the end. The third, the end of their trilogy, 
And their trilogy is like um, their journey through maturity. So it started with Mirror where they're like reflecting upon themselves and then they go to Yellowwood, which that's like the journey from like where they were in District 9 to like where they're going to be. And then uh, Levanter is like the end of their journey. Like them, I think, coming to full maturity and like double knotting their shoes and embracing new opportunities in the future whatever um they're going on a world tour and it starts on november 23rd in seoul and so when they release tickets for the united states i'm gonna fly to wherever they are because i need to see my child hyunjin Hyunjin and Han, my cutie little babies. I'm going to protect them forever. The reason why I recommended this song is because this is their last song as OT9. Oh, It makes me so freaking emo. So on October 23rd, which was a Sunday, um, JYP released a statement that Woojin, their oldest member and main vocal, was leaving the group. Leaving the freaking group. And they released a statement and all the statement said was like, Woojin, who has been a member of Stray Kids, has left the team and terminated his contract due to personal circumstances. We apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused fans. I mean, there was some like filler text in there, but like that was literally all the information that they said. They just came out with a freaking comeback on October 8th. And then on October 23rd, Woojin leaves the group. So uh, I just, I'm so, I don't know how to feel right now. Like, I don't know if I like should be upset because I feel like the way that this was released was kind of um, suspicious. It was all so sudden, you know, like, Oh, wait, he didn't leave on October 23rd. He left on October 28th, which is two days ago. Today's October 30th. Um, so they just like released it out of nowhere. And he left due to personal circumstances. But what does that actually mean? You know, like so many things could be a personal circumstance. And I've been like racking my brain to figure out like what that personal circumstance is. And I think like if you look at the suddenness of how of like the announcement, I think he must have like broken a rule in his contract and then they just like terminated his contract and said it was due to personal circumstances. You know what I mean? Oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, it had to have been something super sudden. You really think JYP would do that? Yeah. Because if really? you if you think about it like uh, I feel like Woojin, he's so, like, I feel like he's worked so hard to get to where he is that, like, I don't know if he would be, like, up for doing something that would violate the terms of his contract, you know? Well, let me just, let me just explain why I think that's my theory. So, Mina, for example, from Twice, she's not in the latest Twice comeback because JYP is letting her rest from personal, like her health problems. And technically, that's a personal circumstance, you know, like to miss an entire comeback because of your anxiety disorder. And so I feel like if Woojin's personal circumstance was like 
fixable, you know, or just like from rest or whatever, like if someone passed away in his family, then JYP would have worked with him. Granted, like Twice is a really big group and they can't afford to like lose members because that's like the breadwinner of JYP right now. But I feel like they would have worked with Woojin if it was like repairable, you know? But this just like happened so suddenly. They were in the third week of their promotions. Like I don't even think they finished their third week of promoting Double Knot and he had already left. Mm. What if he has a love child? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I just totally just pulled that out. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Don't start that rumor, please, listeners. As a stay, I'm going to support him in all his endeavors. I just hope that whatever happened between Woojin and JYP doesn't, like, come back and hurt the rest of Stray Kids, you know? Like, I just don't want this to become another BI situation where he left for, like, like they terminated his contract for something shady, YG tried to cover it up, and then, like, everything became exposed because there was that one girl that was selling him the drugs and, like, told everybody everything. So I just don't want any of that to happen. And I'm really worried that it will. I mean, I don't think JYP is the type of company to do that. But, I mean... You never know. Like, we never thought YG would be the type of company to do that, but they were. That's true. It's just so shady to me. I'm just scared that something will happen and then Stray Kids will be affected and, like, they won't be Stray Kids any longer or they won't make any music. But I don't, I'm, I'm positive. I think he just left for personal reasons and everyone should be happy. I feel like it's definitely not dating or anything. Because, like, because, like, Jihyo, she's dating Kang Daniel, right? So it's, like, it couldn't be, like, something dating-related, right? But what's the age difference between Jiho and Woojin? Woojin is 97, I, right? I think they're about the same. They're the same age. Huh. Woojin is, is 97. Jiho is, like, in the late 90s, too. Those girls are, like, okay. only 90... Like 1995, which is Nayeon, to like 2000, which is Chewy, 2001. Because I do remember seeing something on Subtle Asian Traits saying that like uh, Twice's dating ban was over. So it might also have to deal with how many years they're active in JYP or how many years they're in their contract. Just because they're the same age, I guess, doesn't mean that like the dating ban's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're technically still a rookie group. Like, they only debuted last year. So maybe there are some parameters around that that he could have broken. I just hope it's not drugs or anything. I wonder how strict it is. I mean, we're just just speculating. Yeah. So a love (laughs) child is possible. Yeah, a love child is possible. (laughs) This reminds me of, I mean, like, Baekhyun and Taehyun at one point dated publicly for a very, very short amount of time. And that was when EXO was probably about the same age as what uh, as what Stray Kids is now, if not younger. Um, anyways, I don't think I don't think it's dating. I want I think it's something else. But yeah. In any case, I think it's something. Though. When I read this, yeah, I when I read the statement, it sounded like he wanted he was going to still pursue a solo career. That's what I said in the group chat. 
to you guys. Like, that statement does not look like, or does not sound like a goodbye, thanks for everything. It, there was a definite, like, I will be back. Really? It seemed to me like I that was... What I read... Like, it was like a goodbye from Stray Kids, but, like, not a goodbye you'll never hear from me ever again. Oh, okay, yeah, I get that, yeah. So, I, who knows? Yeah, so we'll we'll keep everyone updated as to if new information comes out. But I just, in my, in my gut, I know that personal circumstances is a cover for something. But what is it's, it? It's just, it's just terribly vague. Yeah. Like, it's there's that's no information basically and the timing of it i think they i think they knew that wujin was going to leave the group because obviously the company had to prep for the pr of it all but it seems like they timed it so that he left at the end of their promos for for um double knot and there's also this video um like stray kids does like a bang 10 bomb behind the scenes type of thing and um they, their, their latest video, it was released on October 23rd, and Wujin's not in it at all. And that release was like five days before they announced that he was terminating his contract. So they probably knew, like the entire time through, uh, through all of Double Knot, they knew that Wujin was going to leave. Like something happened before, and they just let him, because they were so deep into Double Knot, they just let him finish it. Mm. well i think only time will tell about this unfortunate situation and i guess i mean as you were saying no matter what most stays will probably send him send him their support regardless of the situation so that's what that's all we can hope for yes i miss you Jin. he's my bias <laughs> Oh, the teddy bear. Polish yeah, that really car. sucks when like that that happens to not only like a group that you like, but like your bias in the group. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that's horrible. In any case, let us know in the comments what you think about um, this stray kid situation and what you think your what your theory is about what's going on. All right, so the next segment that we're going to go into is K-pop music shows. Um, so for those of you who don't know, these are basically something that's really unique to the K-pop industry. Um, I think the most like closely related thing I can think of in the Western music industry is maybe like going platinum or something like that. Um, and so I actually have a Spotify playlist that has... Or like VH1 Countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember so... that? TRL. TRL. <laughs> if you want to see all the songs that have won on these music shows in 2019, I have a playlist and we're going to link it. So cool. look out for that. Um, so basically, overview, general overview. There's seven shows that air in Korea every week. Um, six of them give out awards every week. And then one of them is kind of like a more internationally like directed show that's more for like international fans to listen to K-pop. And that airs once every two weeks. So these shows basically were born out of kind of like the MTV music video craze in the 80s and 90s. Um, 
and Music Bank and Inky Gaio were the first shows that started airing in the late 90s. And these are super unique to K-pop, as I said. Um, and a lot of times, the idols that perform in these shows, they have to go in for pre-recording, interviews, like variety content. Um, so it's a really kind of like taxing and big part of the time during their promotions. Um, and yeah, they have to basically go to every single show program because if you don't go to one or if you don't go to the other, then your company might have like a bad working relationship with that program or something. So you really have to show up like every day of the week, like for three weeks straight, just to promote your songs. Um, so yeah, it's super taxing. And it's probably why they get so tired when we see them in their comebacks. Um, and as I mentioned before, on these shows at the very end, usually they have like a winner that they announce. Um, and so they're all different. They have different scoring criteria for each one. But the gist of it is that like these winners every week are like a way for the K-pop idols to kind of get recognition for their hard work. Um, and it's really important to a lot of people. So I know that like the first win for a lot of like new groups is usually super emotional and people cry and the fans are really invested mm -hmm. in it. They buy albums, they show up with like a bunch of merch and stuff. So yeah, it's super interesting. I watch the music shows every week. I stay up till 2 a.m. <laughs> Do you watch all of them every week? Not all, not all of them. <laughs> I mean, you are like a night owl, it seems, right? Yeah, so I, I watch, I try to watch at least like two or three every week. So I'll be up to like 4 a.m. like two times every week. <laughs> yeah. I can't even... But I appreciate it. I appreciate the messages that I wake up to in the morning. Yeah, literally. It's like so when we're so all sleeping. <laughs> yeah. When we're all sleeping, we get updated by you. So I appreciate yeah. that. So what we're doing this week is we each picked a show that we're going to talk about. Um, I'll start. So, the first one that I want to talk about is SBS MTV's The Show. So, it started airing in 2011, and the MCs right now are NCT Dream's Jeno, my personal favorite. Jeno! Yes. And CLC's Yun. Um, and so, yeah, as I said, it airs at 2 a.m. Uh, so, I have to stay up very late to watch this, but it's fine. <laughs> And then, so as I mentioned before, like, the scoring criteria is very different for each one of these. And so the show, the unique thing about their scoring is that the only people who are eligible to win, they have to, like, actually show up and, like, do all the recording and basically show up and do a live performance. Whereas the other ones, like, you can just promote your song and not show up to the music show and still win the award at the end. So, yeah, some notable first wins that happen on the show... Include BTS for I Need You, CLC, Monsta X, GOT7, G Friend, and NCT Dream. G Friend, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah, and so the I think the most unique thing about the show, which also kind of frustrates some people, is that they have this um, expert score that they give out. So usually it's like 15% of the total score is for experts. And I have no idea what that means. They don't tell anyone who these experts are. And there's like no method for like how they score or like anything. Oh. So it's basically like a freebie for 
SBS MTV to basically just like pick and choose who they want to give points to. So people think it's unfair a lot of times. Oh, dang. And yeah, I'm not super into it because my my ultimate group dream catcher lost by 11 points on their latest comeback <laughs> just because of the expert score. So, yeah. Yeah, someone there probably had a bad conversation with Dreamcatcher's company. <sighs> or they got bribed. Or what you could have done is bought a physical album and maybe they could have gotten an extra 11 points. No, they had they maxed out the physicals <laughs> and the like voting. Oh, okay. <sighs> God, never mind. <laughs> so, is it fair to say that this one is I don't know, I feel like when I see the show winners so what I think in my head is like, what's going to predict like someone winning a music show? And I feel like if you win maybe like Music Bank, that probably meant that you won the rest of the week. But I feel like with the show, if you won the show, it basically has no predictive power as to whether or not you're going to win another one for the week. Yeah, because well, the show is like, is that- they advertise themselves as like being about like giving awards to like rookie groups and like up and coming groups. Right. So it's like, I don't know. Usually it's like the JV leagues kind of. Um, mm. But oh. yeah, but there's, I mean, a lot of groups that are really popular now, they like broke out and like became like really big deals, you know, like BTS or like G friend. So mm-hmm. it could be a stepping stone to mm-hmm. bigger, greater things. And you said yeah. that it is this is this is on cable as well, right? Cable show. I think. Well, I'm not totally like, sure because it's not SBS. It's SBS MTV, right? Yeah. So it airs in like other countries, like you, like people in Thailand and like other countries in Asia, like get SBS MTV. So it's like there's there's like a lot of international fans who also like try to get involved in the scoring and stuff. So. I honestly don't really like it that much because the scoring is so frustrating. <laughs> like that expert score, it is so like Dreamcatcher got a zero, and then Everglow got one thousand five hundred for no reason at all. What? The... <laughs> I didn't know that part. Yeah, there's like the fandom was like up in arms. There was like people were publishing spreadsheets. They were like, this score is too low by hundred and sixty-seven points. And Dreamcatcher should have won. (laughs) (laughs) So I chose Show Music Corps. Uh, I don't really watch music shows, to be honest, because like it, like I don't want to watch a bunch of groups that I don't really know. I get that you're supposed to like it's exploratory, whatever. But the only reason why I like this show is because my cutie little stray kid's baby hyunjin is a host he's so cute he's been hosting with chani and the girl from gugudan i think her name is mina uh since february this year so he's on there right now he's the current host yeah sky castle sf9 chani suwu Wu su from sky castle would you Woo-joo. Okay, I don't. I'm like on episode ten, and I still don't know anyone's name in that show. Um, so Music Core, um, it's on NBC Entertainment. That's the channel. It's it airs for an hour every Saturday at three forty-five 
uh, Korean time. Uh, the show started in 1989, and it's had different variations of its name. Like its name was not always Show Music Core. That that name was only given to the show in like 2017. Oh. And um, like some of the the names that they've gone through are like Choice Best Popular Songs, uh, Live Music Camp, or actually. Show Music Core became their their uh, their name in tw- 2005. Um, within the history of the show, they've like added and removed the the charting system. Like for some seasons, they had charts and or and scoring, and some they didn't. And the reason why they would remove it is because they wanted to show like more diverse genres. Like if you're scoring, then it's hard to score like all the different types of genres. I guess that was their reason. Um, this they've also like changed the way that they score so many times, and the scoring system that they have now they've only had in place since twenty seventeen. Um, a unique, uh, a unique thing about this show is that the one of the rules is that the artists are not allowed to lip sing. I love that rule. So how they're singing, which is like super common in K-pop performances because they're like dying dancing. So they're probably like breathing so heavily. But like on this show, you're not allowed to have back background vocals or lip sync. Uh, and that was like the reason for that is because uh, the CEO, he said something like, we will not allow people who are not equipped with the basics as a singer oh, to dang. perform on the stage. Even if one's individual part is short, <laughs> that is fine. The singer, the singers who perform on stage must sing. Oh my sing. gosh. <laughs> wow. He, he, he argues... He argues that this is to discourage groups who record almost 100% of their music for the shows uh, to determine the truly talented idol <coughs> groups. That is some tea. I appreciate that about him, though. Yeah, and if I'm you watch this, if you watch the stages, like sometimes people who have to like hit really like high notes or something, they'll like lay off their dancing for like a few seconds just so that they can sing it. Yeah. As it should be. I want to hear everyone live. Yeah, that's true. No Britney Spears type of stuff here or there in Korea. Music core. Yeah. Um, so some, some, a little bit about their scoring. Uh, the majority of their score comes from physical album and digital sales. Like throughout their history, they've changed it so much, but that portion physical album and digital sales is like anywhere between 40 to 70 percent of the entire score Mm. so like the groups consistently that have won on this show are like the groups that make the most money in album sales and digital sales like bts red velvet blackpink twice exo big bang iu like huge idol groups typically win on this show um what else oh you have to be um there's some rules around who gets to participate in the scoring like only one song per artist is included even if you perform like a b-side on the show you're only allowed one song in the scoring and then uh 
what is not eligible are like songs that have been released more than three months before the broadcast date, like pre-debut releases. OSTs don't count as like something that can be scored. Um, Releases through audition programs or other variety shows. And then songs deemed unfit for broadcast by NBC, which I have no idea what that means. I never knew that. Yeah, I would. Okay, I'll just go through this really quick. Some notable hosts, obviously my cutie baby Hyunjin. He's the host right now. I love him forever. Um, the past hosts have been like Hyuna, T.O.P., Sungri, Daesung, um, so many girls from SNSD, Tiffany, Taeyeon, uh, Crystal from FX, Shiny, 2PM, Highlight, Super Junior, Miss A, Zico, Chaniel, wow. Sehun, Shuman from EXO, Icon, NCT, G-Friend, like, all is this like a top tier show like why are there so many big yeah. idol groups so okay so like, like music bank music core and inky gaio they're like the public broadcast program shows which are supposedly yeah they have like more clout yeah oh okay yeah cool but like there's just a ton of idol groups famous people who have been hosts uh they normally have been hosts for like less than a year so I think maybe Hyunjin might leave soon, but I hope not. <laughs> Lastly, um, some notable wins. So you can, correct me if I'm wrong, Gabe, but you can win like as many times. I don't know. Okay, never mind. I don't know. Oh, no, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like that's how BTS got like how, how many wins was it? Like 20 something for Boy With Love? Like they just literally kept winning yeah. on Music Core. <laughs> yeah yeah so like the most number one wins on this show are exo with 17 bts with 12 101 with 12 and then b slash highlight with 10 like total wins on that show and then the longest consecutive number one songs uh consecutive number one song wins have been bts boy with love nine consecutive wins like that's nine weeks of them just continuously winning um a pink won for five weeks with love black pink do 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 four wins xo call me baby four wins Hmm. but yeah what are your guys opinions on everybody what are your guys opinions on like unlimited number of wins i feel like they should limit it honestly because Boy With Love did, that's a timeless song. I would still let it, I would still accept a music but show win I'm thinking just of now. like the groups that, you know, had a comeback or debuted within the, those nine weeks. They don't have a chance. So, yeah. Yeah, like twice. Honestly, Fancy was like completely overshadowed with Boy by Boy With Love. Yeah. Yeah, it's because Boy With Love is a bop. I, like, I'm sorry, but that is, that's the song of the year. I mean, we don't disagree. Fancy was I the don't song disagree, of the summer. But I don't know. I just feel bad because, yeah, they get completely overshadowed by a song that came out a month and a half ago. Not even a month and a half ago. Two months ago. Yeah, and then it's, and then it's awkward for everyone because, like, all the idols stand there. And, like, they announce the winner, and then they have to, like, dance to Boy With Love and, like, listen to it while they're running the credits. I don't know. It's just kind Um, of weird. I do like the rule. It's not... This is not the rule on this show, but I do like the rules where you have to have performed that day in order to be eligible to win. Like, XOSC, 
they won with What a Life for on whatever show, but they never performed that on a music show. That's it. For the last one, so I chose Music Bank, and it airs on KBS every Friday at 5 p.m. Korea time. Um, as far as notable hosts, the reason why I chose Music Bang because my baby Park Bo Gum was a host with Irene from from Red Velvet from um, 2015 to 2016. And like everywhere, like you search Music Bank, like Irene and Park Bo Gum are like front and center. Like they make special notice to like let you know that they hosted us. And, um, and they actually, like, when I was researching, they said they gained attention for their chemistry and they're known as one of the show's best partnerships. And this is a show that has been going on since 1998. So, and they're like, they're known as that, that they're the best duo to have hosted this show. Um, so yes, he's so cute. I love Park Bogum. Um, do they flirt with each other? I haven't seen any. Yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, they have to have said gained attention for their chemistry. That chemistry must have come from somewhere. So I'm sure they did. Mm. Another host that is notable to me because I love him. And it's another actor, um, Song Joon Ki. He hosted from 2009 to, to 2010, which is kind of interesting because Park Bo Gum and Song Joon Ki, they're both actors and they're hosting this music show. So I thought it was super interesting. Um, and, you know, because this music bank, bank has been going on since 98, they, of course, have like this whole list of hosts like BTS has been on there. Shiny, EXO, like all the big names they have at, are you know, a member from each of those groups have hosted that show at one point in time. So I only chose those two um, because I love them. And I thought it was interesting that they were actors and hosting a music show. Um, I wrote some notable programs. They do have an end of the year show. Well, not Music Bank specifically, but KBS throws an end of the year show um, every year. And they actually call it the translated. It's the KBS Song Festival. I'm sorry for my Korean right now. I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's the Gayo de Chukje, um, which translates into that song festival. And then they also have a Music Bank World Tour, which I had no idea about. Mm. So that's interesting. Mm. You know what that's that fun. kind of reminds me of? That reminds me of like KCON. When we were at KCON, it was technically hosted by Mnet. And I know Mnet does M Countdown. I thought we were about to go like see an M Countdown show or something like that at the concert. Um, so that kind of reminds me of that now that I'm thinking mm -hmm. about it. Um, as far as scoring, so the songs that are not eligible are OSTs or songs that have come out through auditions or variety shows. Um, the max is 200,000 points total. And so those 200,000 200, points come from a digital score, which is 65%. 58% of that 65% is online. Um, and 6.5 is mobile. And then you have your ringtone downloads, I guess, can go into it too. 
Um, what the hell? Yeah, it was this whole thing. And I guess even then in that online score, <laughs> you can only get a max of 117,000 points. So, but a good chunk of it is the digital score. And then the physical sales is 5%. Whereas your broadcast points are 20%. Um, and this is kind of just how much, how often the song is being played on KBS on the channel as a whole. Um, TV is 17%, a viewer panel is 10%, and radio is 3%. So hmm. a, a good chunk is coming from the digital scales, I mean digital sales, however, I guess there it has been something that, I guess this is kind of what makes or what might make Music Bank kind of unique is that sometimes the physical scores can be higher than the digital scores, even though physical scores are only 5%. So I was a little bit confused on that. They were saying that it's like based on the total sales from all the artists. I, I wasn't sure how to explain that part. Yeah, so basically it's like the 5% of physicals it's like they take the entire k-pop industry and look at how much like how many sales that your group has had in comparison to like the entire k-pop industry sales for that week so that's why like even though the five percent is smaller than the digital component like the physical i think it's like the physical sales can usually be like a lot more than the digitals in a week i'm not sure completely but that's kind of how I understand it. So is um, and that's why the maximum scores are so high. So is it yeah. like based on like all the artists in that show that week, or like, like how big are we talking about <coughs> when we're saying the K-pop industry? It's like how it's like how many. So they look at like all of the album sales for like everyone in K-pop, like even beyond just the people uh... performing. And they say like, okay, you, like, like the K-pop industry sold like ten million units last week, and you sold like five hundred thousand. So then you would get whatever percentage of like the entire K-pop oh, industry okay. score. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, with this show too, there's something called a a K chart, which my research was describing is as a countdown chart for all the releases um it kind of made me it made it sound like a trl type of thing like you know your top 10 top uh, top 10 songs but again another thing that i wasn't quite sure on how to explain that oh i guess it, it's the winners the winners uh, of of the show right yeah that's just like yeah that's just the winner yeah so like they announce like they go through the program and say like oh like number 20 to number 11 is like these people and then like once you get to the end of the show they're like okay number three is this person and then like they oh. give the top two and those are the people like on stage who are the nominees oh. and then they announce the winner okay yeah that makes sense all right and that wraps up our coverage on music shows and k-pop Thank you. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Um, particularly, we're particularly thankful to all of our listeners around the world. And lastly, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Idle Talk Pod. 
um, and subscribe and follow on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and now newly Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to send us any feedback that you have, any topics that you want us to cover at idletalkpod at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Good night and be well. Bye. 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 Good night. Stand straight, kids. (laughs) Save one hoe.